Hello and welcome to this episode of the Bayside Sermon Series podcast. Today we have Pastor Dave Ritter and we are discussing Daniel chapter 12. Once again, we're a bit off of our schedule and we are recording this before the sermon actually happens. So we will be sticking very closely to the sermon discussion questions and the script that Dave has provided for the sermon. So Daniel chapter 12 is really kind of a culmination of everything that's happened going forward from the vision in chapter 9. Um, so Dave, can you give us a, a quick recap of what's going on here? Yeah, so you know Daniel has had four visions now, starting in chapter 7. Uh, and the final vision takes up chapters uh, 10, 11, and 12. We're actually at the very tail end of the vision where most of the the prophetic activity has already taken place. And, and now here in these last uh, 10 verses or so of the chapter, we have kind of uh, Daniel's reaction to the whole thing, um, what what he's witnessed. And in fact, it's it's there are two questions that kind of drive the the last verses of chapter 12. And interestingly, I, I find that they're the same questions that drive our interest in prophecy today. Uh, that there are two basic things that people really want to know when they get interested in Bible prophecy. One, one is the when question. When's all this going to happen? How soon are the wheels going to come off? Um, you know, how, how quickly are, are things going to, to happen that are prophesied in Scripture? And the other question is uh, the you know kind of the what question of what's what's going to happen? How bad's it going to get? How's it going to affect us? And the first of those questions is actually asked by one of the angels in the vision. You may remember there were two angels in the vision that sort of served uh, as guides to Daniel um, and interpreters of the vision. And then uh, and, and so one of the angels asks, you know, when when's this all going to come to a head? When's it going to end? Um, and um, and Daniel's the one who hears the answer to that question, doesn't quite understand it, and he comes back with the what question. Um, you know, kind of what is what's going to happen? Uh, what's going to what's going to be the culmination of all of this? So when we're talking about prophecy, yeah, we we get some of the the more colorful. Uh, characters seem to come out wanting to know things, but that's that's not really anything new. Jesus kind of had the same thing when when his ministry was starting out, and and he was starting to to say things and do things. He gained a lot of popularity. People came to him in droves. He was feeding th- masses, but then he started to get into some hard things, and and then really only the original twelve was left. And so th- these things have a way of kind of weeding out some of the of the um, the questions versus people that that really are going to speculate, uh, because there's there's good questions to to have from this, but the whole point is is the the point of the sermon is we don't need to be panicking. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things that I think is most important for us is to look at this passage for how it helps us think about how we respond to Bible prophecy, right? Because we have the same two questions that are raised here in Daniel, and there are some people who feed into those questions in ways that aren't helpful. You know, every once in a while you catch a glimpse of a television show that's based on Bible prophecy and current events, and 
And they have a way of making you think that everything that's happening in the news is a sign of the end. And that's just not true. I mean, Jesus in Matthew 24 says, hey, you're going to hear about wars. You're going to hear about rumors of wars. You're going to hear about famines in various places. And and you're going to hear about uh, false Christs, people claiming to be the Christ. And he says, don't let any of that alarm you. All those things have to happen. In fact, even persecution is going to happen. They're going to persecute believers to death. And and that's going to happen all over the place. All the while, the gospel is being proclaimed to the ends of the earth, and only then will the end come. And and so when they asked him for a sign, Jesus basically said, hey, tamp it down. Uh, all, these, all these things that people think are signs of the end, just as, you know, uh, Chinese weather balloons and, and pandemics and earthquakes in Turkey, you know, and, and we, we get all panicked and say, oh, this must be a sign of the end. Well, Jesus said, no, those things are going to happen, but that is not yet the end. Those are just the beginning of birth pangs. And, and then he said, uh, what you really want to pay attention to is if you see the abomination of desolations prophesied by Daniel, which is a reference to this exact prophecy, this, this exact vision that Daniel has. Uh, so Jesus points to that part of Daniel's prophecy as something that was still future to him. And he said, when you see that happening, now you know you better run for the hills because bad stuff is going to happen. So, you know, by and large, you know, we're not to live on the edge of our seats fearing, uh, you know, that the Antichrist is going to, you know, start torturing Christians any day now. Um there, there are a lot of things going to happen in this world that we're going to take as signs of the end, but Jesus says that's not yet the end. Um, and, and I think that's kind of some of the effect of, of what the angel tells Daniel here when, when uh, one of the angels, actually it's the, the man, <laughs> here's, the, here's the curious thing, is that an angel asks, how long shall it be till the end of these things? And then in verse 7 it says, and I heard the man clothed in linen who is above the waters of the stream, raises his right hand to and his left hand toward heaven. So kind of a double solemn oath. He raises both hands toward heaven. And he swears by the one who lives forever, by the Father in heaven, that the time would be for a time, times, and half a time. There are two things I think are really fascinating about this. One is that the man dressed in linen is that, that glorious figure that we saw earlier in the vision whose appearance was so dazzling that it left Daniel completely undone. And we said back then that that is likely um, a Christophany, an appearance of Christ in his pre-incarnate form. So this is Jesus before he's born a baby in Bethlehem, giving instruction about these things, uh, answering the when question. And it's the same Jesus who in Matthew 24 is saying, hey, don't sweat it. There are going to be wars and rumors of wars. There are going to be all kinds of things but when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by the prophet Daniel, well, that's, that's the same prophecy that this man dressed in linen is addressing. And the man dressed in linen says, you know, all of this is going to come to an end uh, in a time, times, and half a time. Uh, so let, let's talk about what that means a little bit. Okay. So a time is one, times would be two, and half a time is, is a half. Uh, so that's uh, three and a half. And many regard this then as the, the timing of the Great Tribulation, uh, the, the last half of the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. Uh, when things go from 
bad or really bad when the Antichrist turns his attention against Israel and does all kinds of atrocious things against uh, the nation of Israel, the, the Jewish people. And, um, uh, and, and I, think the, I think the encouragement here is not to try to calculate when it's all going to start, but to understand it's not going to go on very long. It's going to be for a time, times, and half a time. Uh, in other words, three and a half years. And uh, that translates to 42 months, uh, prophetic months being 30 days each. That's about 1,260 days. Later, there's a reference, uh, and it says uh, that there shall be 1,290 days from the time that the regular burnt offering is taken away and the abomination that makes it desolate makes desolate is set up. So <clears throat> that would have reference to, again, the beginning of the tribulation when the Antichrist calls an end to sacrifices at the temple and puts himself there in place of God. So 1,290 days, and then it says, blessed is he who waits and arrives at 1,335 days. And so there's some question about, well, why, why the 1,260 days, time, time, and half a times, and then 1,290, and then 1,335? I think what this is saying is this isn't going to go on forever. And, and those who are living in those times need to persevere. You're blessed if you, if you uh, come out the other side of them, because a month or so after the tribulation is when God's people are going to experience incredible blessing. And, and so some, some scholars wonder if that's not a reference to the time it will take from the defeat of Antichrist until Jesus sets up his millennial kingdom on the earth. So the, the basic message when it comes to the when question is not so much when's it going to start, but how long is it going to last? And the answer is, it's not going to last forever. It's going to be relatively short in the grand scheme of things. Three, hundred and, uh, three and a half years, uh, 1,260 or so days. Uh, so hang in there because you get to day 1290 or 1335 and, and, and you're going to be blessed in a way that you'd never imagined. And so the, the, the timing issues in the book of Daniel are not meant to scare us, but to offer comfort to those who are living through those times that, uh, that it's not going to go on forever and that there's blessing on the other side of it. Yeah, that we should take encouragement from, to these. All right. So we should be encouraged by these limits that God has placed uh, in this timeline for us. And, and go our way and be happy. Yeah, and that's that's the other thing that um, Daniel is told here. When he he hears, you know, all the these numbers and things, and he's like, I, I just don't get it, you know. He says in verse 8, I heard, but I did not understand uh, these things. I did not understand. And then I said, oh, Lord, what shall be the outcome of these things? So he's, he's saying, all right, all right, uh, time, time, and half a times, don't get that, but How's it all going to turn out? Uh, what's going to be the outcome? And the answer comes back, um, go your way, Daniel. <laughs> Live your life. Uh, for the, the words are shut up and sealed until the time of the end. In other words, uh, the, all these visions that you've been given are not for your time. They're for a time still to come. And you don't need to concern yourself about them. You just need to go and, and live your life as you've been living it. Uh, and, and we know from the first six chapters of Daniel that he lived an incredible life. He, he was devoted to God. He was a man of prayer. He was uncompromising in his obedience to God. 
And God blessed him in amazing ways with, with amazing abilities like interpreting dreams and, and now uh, giving him these visions. And so Daniel is a godly man, and essentially that's our assignment. Our assignment is not to, you know, uh, watch, watch every current event and take it as a sign that, you know, we're in the end days. You know, are, are we in the end days? I think, you know, in my lifetime, things are certainly pointing in that direction, but I'm not prepared to say that, you know, that the, the coming of the Lord is, is going to happen today or tomorrow and the tribulation the next day or anything like that. My assignment is not to figure out when it's all going to happen. My assignment is the assignment that God gives Daniel here, and that is to, to go and live my life for God's glory and, and leave the future in the hands of God. Uh, the, the, the people who will need these prophecies are the ones who are going to be living in those days. And the righteous will be wise enough to understand uh, what the prophecies are telling them at the time. The wicked are going to be wicked, and they're not going to pay any attention. Interestingly, uh, you know, some of the, some of the reason that we, we, we turn to Bible prophecy is, is in hopes of warning the lost that they better get right before they get left behind. Well, yeah, there's some good motivation in that, but it's probably not going to have a lot of fruit. <laughs> right. Fear tactics generally are not uh, a good way to get people into the kingdom of heaven. And, and specifically, uh, you know, Jesus tells Daniel here at the end of, of chapter um, uh, 12, none of the wicked shall understand, but those who are wise shall understand. So, you know, don't, don't think that, put it this way, the prophecies are sealed up until the end. And, and say, you know, uh, people are living in those, those days and they want to know how it's going to turn out. Well, those who are godly will look at the prophecy of Daniel and they say, oh, time, time and a half of times. We've got to hang in there. We've got to persevere uh, because uh, this isn't going to go on forever. Just on the other side of this is, is a glorious time of blessing. The, the foolish, they're not going to pay any attention. They're, they're not going to understand. They're not even likely to look to Daniel for any direction because that's not how they're bent. And, and that kind of corresponds with what the book of Revelation teaches us. You know, when you've got all of these crazy judgments being poured out, one after the other, you'd think that would be enough to get people's attention. But no, with every, with every uh, judgment, that's poured out in the book of Revelation, people only harden their hearts against God even more. And I think that corresponds with what God is telling Daniel here. Right. So there at the end of Daniel, he's talking about the wise shall shine like the brightness of the skies above. And we know where wisdom comes from. What is, what is our source of wisdom? Well, the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So, yeah. So, so when it talks about pursuing wisdom, those who are wise, it's talking about the righteous. It's talking about those who fear God. Yeah. And, and you know, here's, the, here's the, the, the most beautiful thing about this whole deal, where God is telling Daniel, um, hey, Daniel, don't sweat it. Uh, just go and live your life for the glory of God, the way you've, you've been doing it. That's what you need to worry about right now. And then at the very end of the book, this is the last, the last verse, um, Daniel is told, and again, if this is, if this is the pre-incarnate Christ, this is Jesus <laughs> telling Daniel, Go your way till the end, and you shall rest. In other words, you're going you're to die. Uh, the things that are prophesied here aren't going to happen in your lifetime. 
uh, you shall rest and shall stand in your allotted place at the end of the days. And that takes us right back to what he said in verses 2 and 3 of this chapter, that there's a, a resurrection coming. Uh, the, uh, the righteous are going to be raised to everlasting life, and those who are wicked, who are, whose names are not written in the book of life, will be raised to uh, shame and judgment. And what this is saying is, uh, you know, Daniel, um, there's going to be a whole lot of stuff happen between now and the time of the resurrection day. You just go live your life. I'm going to take you, you know, home. Uh, when, when your life on this earth is over, you're going to rest. But a day of resurrection is coming, and you're going to be among those who are raised to life. And, it, and it, you know, there's this promise there in, um, in uh, verse 3 that the righteous will shine like the stars. Um, and it says, uh, and those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. And I think what, what God is saying to Daniel is, that's what awaits you, Daniel. You're going to be raised to life, and, and you're going to be uh, rewarded in the kingdom to come. Yeah, and that kind of harkens back to the promise that God gave to Abraham, that you know, your, your children's going to be like the stars in the sky. Yeah. And those are fixed points. They're, they're constant, and it's something that we have wonder and amazement for day after day, just looking out there. And we're still exploring to, to see what's out there, but stars have always been a sign of comfort and guidance uh, to mankind. You know, not having, not being anxious for things is a hard task today. Uh, and for me and myself, I am an anxious traveler, and it's probably because I don't do it every day. But it's it's not as much about getting on a plane. It's all the rules that keep changing all the time in order to get on that plane. So what God is, is giving Daniel here is, here is consistency. Here is hope. I'm in control. Go and live your life. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the... Uh... You know the main points of the message have to do with this is there's no no need for us to panic. Uh, why? Because God controls the future, and God has secured our destiny. And uh, you know things are going to get crazy, no question about it. I mean these prophecies in Daniel are are wild and woolly, and and some of them are pretty disturbing. Um, but ultimately, you know how how is Daniel to receive all this? He's to go his way live his life, he'll rest in the grave, but he'll be raised to life, and that's, that's his ultimate hope. And I think that's our hope, too. I, you know, in the sermon, I contrast um, a fellow named uh, uh, Josiah Hess, who wrote an article in The Guardian not so long ago uh, that talks about how he was raised evangelical and he still has nightmares from um, prophecy movies that he watched as a kid. And, you know, there's that whole genre of, of uh, prophecy movies going all the way back to uh, movies like uh, Thief in the Night and Distant Thunder and, and then the whole Left Behind uh, franchise. And, you know, th those, those are interesting movies. I think we have to keep a couple things in mind. One is that they're somebody's interpretation of end times events. And I doubt that things are going to go exactly as any of us imagine. 
Right, being finite creatures trying to interpret an, an infinite God. Yeah, as, as Daniel looks at, at prophecy, it blows his mind. He's like, I just don't get it. And, and yet some of us are pretty cocksure that we understand exactly how it's all going to happen. Well, they didn't. They didn't get it right in the in the first time Jesus came. Yep. Uh, you know, there are a lot of a lot of people were messed up about that, and I think there are going to be a lot of people messed up about the second coming. So you have to you have to kind of take prophecy movies and things with a grain of salt and say, well, that's somebody's interpretation of how it's all going to go down. Um, but but you know, a lot of a lot of those movies kind of come off almost like uh, horror movies, where where the the agenda is to get you worked up. You know, and then, you know, to convince you that I've got to get ready before the Lord returns. I, I get that. And I don't have a problem with that per se. But I think we need to be careful. And and we need to be um, less worked up about Bible prophecy and more motivated by it to live wise and godly lives. Um, going about our business, which includes making disciples of all nations so that more more and more people will be with us in glory and not face judgment. Um, but, you know, I, I think back to, so this guy says he still has nightmares. You know, he's a, he's a grown adult and he still has nightmares. Uh, used to be evangelical, but I still have nightmares because of rapture movies. Well, you know, my response as a kid was quite different. Um, I, I remember uh, <laughs> sitting in my bedroom on a warm summer night looking out the bedroom window because I couldn't sleep. We didn't have air conditioning up there, and it was hot. And, and I had my elbows propped up on w- my windowsill, looking out at the airport about five miles south of our house. Uh, Illinois is very flat, and you can see for a long, long time. And there is the airport beacon going around, uh, announcing to the world that the Lansing Municipal Airport is there. And then there would be airliners lining up uh, for about as far south as I could see, and they were all coming in on final approach to Midway Airport in Chicago. And when the airline headlights would, would shine at me, and you'd see this really brilliant, bright point of light in the sky, I would imagine, I knew they were airliners, but I would imagine, what if that was Jesus coming back? And instead of having a sense of dread and worry about, you know, end times prophecy, I found myself, as a, even as a kid, maybe maybe because, you know, I was I was blessed to have been led to Christ at a very early age, and to live in the security of knowing that I belong to Christ. Uh, I remember looking at that and saying, "Wow, wouldn't that be cool? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be cool if that was Jesus coming in the sky in glory to to receive us to Himself?" Um, and you know, it, it, the the passage that I I just love is Paul's encouragement in First Thessalonians four where he tells us that we don't have to mourn like those who have no hope. If you're a believer and, and you have a loved one in Christ who has died, you don't need to worry, because just as God told Daniel, he'd be raised to life one day. So we're told, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Amen. There's the believer's hope, you know. And, and as uh, John puts it at the very end of, of his revelation, Jesus says, surely I am coming soon. And the answer of God's church, uh, God's people has always been, amen. Come, Lord Jesus. So the main question that we're left with 
as we hear the words of of the pre-incarnate Christ here, are we in Christ? Are we uh, secure in our destiny? And do we have that promise of awakening in, in glory in the, on the day of resurrection? Is, is that what we are promised, or are we on the other side of that, and we receive the promise of everlasting separation from God? Yeah, and, that, and that's, you know, uh, in, in Daniel, the way he puts it is, uh, you know, you want to make sure your name is written in the book of life. In Thessalonians, uh, Paul says, the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are in Christ we're still alive at the at the at his coming. We'll be caught up together with them in the clouds. So that is the question, right? That's that's the bottom line question. Is um, not how well do you know Bible prophecy, mm-hmm. but uh, are you in Christ? And and I think that's basically the same kind of encouragement, you know, that that God gave Daniel. Daniel, don't worry about it. Um, you're mine. You belong to me. Go your way. Live your life. Yeah. Um, and I'll raise you at the last day. So I, I guess that would be our encouragement to anybody who's listening to this podcast to make sure that you're in Christ, right? That you've trusted Jesus as your Savior and Lord. Um, because if you have, then you don't need to panic. Uh, our God controls the future, and, our, and he has secured our destiny because of what Christ did for us on the cross. So to live out our days as as what you're going to point out in in the sermon to live wisely, pursue righteousness, and wait expectantly. Yeah, those are our great hopes for for what we leave this series in Daniel. So, as we close the book of Daniel, where do we go next? Well, we're starting a an exciting new series next week called Revision. Uh, about 10 years ago, we adopted as a church a vision uh, that said that we want to be people so transformed by Jesus that he will send us to transform communities for Christ. And and we've seen that lived out in the last 10 years here at Bayside in some pretty amazing ways that include, you know, founding a ministries like Wonderfully Made and Treehouse and, and planting churches in Tom's River and Lakehurst. Um, and, you know, about just before the pandemic, we, we realized that we had pretty much accomplished everything that was in that 10-year vision statement in about seven years or so. And so uh, once the pandemic was over, we got past all that nonsense. Uh, I tasked Pastor Ken with leading us through the next round of revisioning to ask the question, uh, what would Bayside Chapel look like in five years if we continue to let God get hold of us? And that's an echo of the original question, what would Bayside Chapel look like in 10 years if we really let God get hold of us? And so, and as there has been a series of conversations um, in the staff and then the elders and ministry leaders, and now the whole congregation has been invited to be part of that, uh, we're, we're on the cusp of sharing with the congregation over these next three weeks, uh, this three-part vision for the next five years of Bayside Chapel uh, that include uh, becoming, advancing, and overflowing. Uh, Becoming more like Jesus, advancing the gospel in our community, and overflowing with God's love. 
So um, these next three weeks, we'll be taking uh, one of those each week and unpacking that biblically and um, talking a little bit about what we believe God has in store for us uh, for the next five years. Wonderful. And next week, uh, it'll be Pastor Joe Feraldi in the uh, in the re- interview chair with us during the podcast. So hopefully that doesn't get too out of hand. <laughs> well, that's going to end our time for today. Thank you again, Pastor Dave, for joining us and, and walking us through Daniel chapter 12. And it's been great chatting with you today. And we hope you have a blessed week. Thank you very much. <laughs>